You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. You're listening to an Ono Media Podcast. Good morning, and thanks for joining me for Rise and Crime, your morning caffeine hit all about crime. I'm Mama Jules, and you guys, it's Christmas, so Merry Christmas. And I have a surprise for you today because it's Christmas holiday, and I have my family here, which means I have Peyton Moreland with me. There she is. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here on Rise and Crime. This is a first for us. Um, but if you don't know, this is my mom. I'm going to let my mom tell you a little bit about why I'm even here or who I am, if you don't know. Okay, so um, this is my daughter, Peyton. I have three kids. Uh, I have a son. He's the oldest. And then Peyton's the middle child. Poor middle child. And then I have a younger daughter. Both... Um, me and my younger daughter work for Ono Media, which is Peyton's production company. And um, I think it would be fun if, for those of you who don't know our connection, why we are working together, it's all because of Peyton. So why don't you tell them how you started Ono Media? Yeah, so growing up, my mom was always watching Nancy Grace or CSI. I remember CSI was my favorite show growing up, and I couldn't wait for Thursdays so we could sit and watch it together. Um, and essentially, I just kind of was molded into a true crime fan, if you will. And then eventually I went on to start my own true crime podcast back in 2020 called Murder With My Husband. And that ended up being bigger than I thought it would be. Um, and so once we kind of established that, we decided to start Ono oh Media, which is our media company that houses more podcasts being Rising Crime, my mom's podcast, and then my other solo podcast that is called Binged right now, but we have some fun changes coming to that in 2024. So if you haven't checked it out, it's called Binged right now. Okay, so she has Murder With My Husband, currently binged with some exciting updates coming. And then I started Rise in Crime in May of this year. You listeners have been fantastic. I cannot even tell you how fun it's been to grow this audience. It's been super fun to work with Peyton. I am incredibly proud of her. She's always been driven from the time she was little. She has so much more to her than a podcasting life. But when she started that podcasting life in 2020, her and Garrett just took off. They are truly a power couple. I also, when I explain her and Garrett to people, I say, I don't know if there would have been anybody else for each one of you. It is, they are truly meant to be together. And I think you can see it in the Murder With My Husband podcast. Okay, so since it's Christmas, um, I thought it would be fun if Peyton would tell you guys what Christmas was like growing up in her house. Yeah, I know my mom has a pretty horrific story planned for you today. So maybe we can start with some Christmas happiness. 
So growing up, we did Christmas pretty normally. We would, you know, see family and my mom makes these things called sticky buns, which is essentially monkey bread. I think more people call it monkey bread. We would make that every Christmas morning. We were always so excited for sticky buns. Me and my siblings would sleep together and then we'd wake up and we'd open presents. But pretty early, I would say maybe once I hit 10, 12, we decided that instead of doing Christmas presents as a family with toys that we would eventually grow out of to start doing vacations over Christmas as our Christmas tradition, if you will. And so we would celebrate Christmas by going on vacation. So we went to Florida. We did Florida multiple times. We do Montana. We would kind of go all over. And that was how we ended up celebrating Christmas. And I think this is our first year this year now going back to presents as a family. Okay. So, uh, it's, this is what we chose to do. I know it doesn't work for every family, but it's been so fun. We, like she said, we've done Florida, we've done Seattle, we've done Montana, we've done California, San Diego, New York. Yeah. Uh, just so many different places. And uh, we even went, uh, we've done uh, Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. So some super fun vacations. It's been great. This year we're all together. Might be the last year we'll all be together because people are starting to have families and kids and things like that. All of my children are married. So this will be our one big hurrah. If we get to get together all together on Christmas in the future, it'll be awesome, but we're going to live it up this Christmas. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Like we said, stay tuned. And there's so many exciting things coming for Ono Media in 2024. We can't wait. All right. Bye everyone. Have fun listening to Rise and Crime and don't forget to listen to Murder with My Husband and Binged and we wish you happy holidays from Ono Media. All right. You guys, wasn't that fun? I love my kids with all of my heart. And I, like I said, I'm so proud of all of them. It's, I'm just incredibly proud of Peyton and who she's become. And I love doing this journey with her and with you. Okay, let's get into it. Let's do this. So this is the short Christmas story I promised to bring to you. And you guys, you know how I always ask you for case suggestions? Well, today's case actually came from Peyton. She and I were discussing what I would be covering in the upcoming episodes, especially a Christmas episode. I didn't know, you know, when am I going to record it? How are we going to do this? Everything. And she says, mom, I actually have a really good one. I never covered it for murder with my husband because it was kind of shorter and it wasn't going to work well with um, me and Garrett and how we do it. So maybe you want to cover it for rise and crime. So here we are with that case. So let's get started. Zazel Preston, or Zizi, as her friends and family called her, well, she was on a life's journey. She had two young daughters, Zayana and Valise, and I really hope I'm pronouncing those two names correctly. Both of those girls were from a previous relationship, and then she met William Wallace. The two had been together about three years when Zizi became pregnant with a son who the two named Marcel. And though pictures showed a really happy couple, the two fought regularly, and mostly ZZ would end up on the losing end of those fights. As the Christmas holidays approached in 2011, ZZ's daughters were eight and three, and the little baby Marcel was just seven weeks old. And on that Christmas Eve of 2011, William and ZZ were just returning from a night before Christmas party at their neighbor's home. And the two were doing 
what many of you might have done at your holiday parties, they had a little bit to drink. But in William's case, it seems he had a lot to drink. And as they were approaching their home, an argument between the two reached a fever pitch. While still outside, William began kicking and hitting Zizi in a violent rage. The fight continued inside and holes were punched in walls. A door was actually knocked off its hinges and there was blood spilled in various rooms throughout the apartment. And I'm so heartbroken to tell you that Zizi was familiar with this kind of abuse. It wasn't the first time, not the second, or even the third time that William had settled his grievances with violence against Zizi. As she was fleeing from William, he grabbed her and dragged her back to the front of the house where he continued his beating. And I feel like I need to paint a picture here. Zizi is not a big woman. She's kind of medium build and very thin. And William, well, he has obviously male strength and a massive size advantage over her. Neighbors who had witnessed the abuse said it appeared William was picking up a lifeless body when he finally carried Zizi back inside. Now, I'm just going to guess, for most of you listening, you're asking, why didn't the neighbors do something? Because I don't really have an answer. But I can tell you this. Maybe the reason they didn't do anything is because they had seen it all before. Or possibly they knew about William's past. See, in 2008, William spent 45 days in jail when he was convicted of battery against a cohabitant, so somebody he lives with. Well, William did have to attend a batterer's treatment program as part of his probation for that sentencing. And maybe he was a slow learner or maybe he's just a mean man because it wasn't soon after the release when Zizi had to file a restraining order against William. But relatives said William was an expert at apologizing and he would manage to convince Zizi to forgive him. Until the next time, which happened at least two more times when it was recorded by law enforcement that William had violated the restraining order. Of course, this landed him back in jail, but Zizi would visit him in jail. And then eventually, Zizi became pregnant with William's child. And during one of his incarceration periods, Zizi visited him and he told her he had found Jesus. He promised. He did his magical convincing and he said he wanted to live a life as a man of faith. And she believed. In the summer of 2011, Zizi allowed William to move in with her in her Anaheim apartment when he was finally released from jail. Kate, you guys, she's several months pregnant with his son, and apparently he has committed to God. And then in a Facebook post from July 29th of that year, she posted a picture of her and William kissing. The caption read, love birds for life. And then five months later, it's Christmas Eve. The apartment is stained with Zizi's blood, and William is carrying her lifeless body into the house after beating Zizi mercilessly. She died somewhere in the early morning hours of Christmas. All right, it gets worse. The children were home to see the horrific treatment of their mother and then to also experience what happened next. On Christmas morning, William carried Zizi's dead body from their shared bedroom to the living room couch. He propped her upright, 
placed sunglasses on her face and told her daughters that mommy ruined Christmas by getting drunk. The girls then opened their Christmas presents that morning with their dead mother propped up on the couch. Now her oldest child remembers her mother feeling cold. I mean, you guys, she's only eight years old. How does a child of that age comprehend that situation? Well, at around 9.30 that morning, after making Zizi's daughters witness the unimaginable, William calls 911. In the call, he says Zizi needs medical attention. When the first responders arrived at the apartment, Zizi was still slumped over on the living room couch. EMTs did transfer Zizi to the hospital, but she was pronounced dead immediately. Now, the next few hours, William tells family that he and Zizi had been drinking the night before and that when they started arguing, he, in his words, tossed her around a bit. He had also admitted to one of Zizi's relatives that he was on his way to the penitentiary. But as we're going to see, it doesn't appear he's admitting guilt. It appears he thinks he just looks guilty. Those are two different things to William. Now, of course, William is arrested, and he's also charged with second-degree murder for ZZ's death. And he remained behind bars because bail was set at $1 million, which was too steep for William. But you guys, that was 2011. And it was almost 10 years later when William finally went to trial to face the charges. And during that trial is when he thinks he looks guilty, comes forward. His attorney said neighbors heard ZZ yelling at William on that Christmas night. So apparently it's ZZ's fault. And then the defense attorney said ZZ's oldest daughter saw ZZ trip and fall in a drunken stupor. And when she fell, she shattered a glass table. Again, I guess it's ZZ's fault. And then he told the courtroom that ZZ's oldest daughter tried to help clean up her mother's body by pulling glass shards from her skin and cleaning her wounds. He then said William had moved ZZ to the bathtub, but during that move, she hit her head, which caused the blunt force trauma and eventually her death. So again, ZZ's fault. But William's record of abuse was too much for the Orange County Superior Court jury. One of ZZ's relatives testified about the violence perpetrated against ZZ. She said one day she had found a pregnant ZZ laying in the fetal position in the street after William had beat her. And then other relatives testified of the controlling and manipulative relationship, saying he had threatened to kill her on several occasions. Now, it didn't take long for jurors to find William guilty of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison. And remember, he has already served nine years in jail, awaiting trial. So he was given credit for time served. And as this Christmas Day episode in 2023 drops, William has served 11 years of that minimum 15-year sentence. Now, District Attorney Todd Spitzer said in the statement following the jury's decision, that a young mother finally losing her life after years of violence at the hands of her husband is a heart-wrenching tragedy. And then he said that heartbreak is only exacerbated by the fact that her children witnessed much of the violence and they were forced to celebrate Christmas in the presence of their dead mother. That is not a Christmas memory any child should be forced to have. 
And then this last heartbreaking detail. At the time of her death, Zizi was studying at a local college to become a domestic abuse counselor. Now, I did find Zizi's oldest daughter, Zayana, on Facebook. Her profile's pretty locked down, but I can tell you, she's beautiful. And hopefully she is thriving despite the horrific circumstances that were dealt to her. Now, whenever I bring you a domestic violence situation that ends in murder, I often remind you that help is available and the abuse does not have to rise to that measure of what Zizi was experiencing. Abuse is abuse. Don't justify the intensity or the frequency. Abuse is abuse. Now, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 799-7233, or you can just visit thehotline.org. All calls, all messaging, it's confidential. And this resource is available 24-7. And my last plea to you guys, if you know someone suffering, please help them. All right, that's your Christmas episode of Rise and Crime. A big Merry Christmas to all of the Rise and Crime listeners. I hope your holidays have been filled with cherished people making memories Please just keep sending me your case suggestions. And before you leave, could you hit that like button if you're listening on YouTube? Or even better, give Rise and Crime a follow and even better, subscribe for downloads. Thanks for being here with me and with Peyton at the beginning. And remember, there's big news coming up. Join me again on Thursday for more morning crime news. I'm Mama Jules and keep safe out there.